Hello and welcome to our weekly podcast from Faith Point Church, Auckland, New Zealand. We hope you will encounter God afresh in this week's teaching segment. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to hear more, then you can visit us at www.faithpoint.org.nz. And now for today's message. As Pastor James said, the message I have is from the Old Testament today. Uh, but it is very relevant for what we are going through. You know, nothing cancels out the old and the new. Uh, so the story today that I'm going to present, the message is entitled Begin to Pour. And the message is out of um, one of the books in the Bible that actually contains four to five great miracles. And um, it's in 2 Kings. We won't turn to that uh, slide yet, James, but just stay where you are. In 2 Kings chapter 4, there's about four or five miracles that are spoken. And if you ever feel in this lockdown, that you need something to motivate you, if you need something to really understand about the compassion and the mercy and the favour of God on our lives, then this is the chapter to read. However, there's probably about four weeks, a month's preaching within this very short chapter. So right now we're going to look at just verses 1 to 7. So 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 to 7. And I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation. So the story is about Elijah helping a poor widow. And it says, One day the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elijah and cried out, My husband who served you is dead, and you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come, threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you, Elisha said. Tell me, what do you have in the house? Nothing at all, except a flask of oil, she replied. And Elisha said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbours. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars setting each one aside as they are filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her, and she filled one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her, and then the olive oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, now sell the olive oil, pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on what is left over. Wow, church. Have that slide off, Jane. You know, here we have this situation. We have a mother with her two children who's in a really desperate situation after her husband has passed away. It's a desperate situation with a desperate need. And I can't imagine, this mother, she's just lost her husband. Now she's a widow left grieving. You know, throughout lockdown, whether it be in our country or overseas, there are just thousands of people at the moment that are grieving. Um, and she was left grieving for her lost husband. And I imagine also very concerned about the future for her family. She was left with, well, not only losing her husband, but she was left with two sons to support and with no financial security. 
Instead, she had this seemingly impossible task of now having to pay off debt left owing by her husband. James, can you guys hear me clearly? You can. Oh, that's right. Um, a little background to the scripture, everyone, just to help us understand exactly the seriousness of her situation. In the ancient Near East, and I think it is very relevant to us today as parents, um, it was every parent's desire to leave their children an inheritance, to leave their children a legacy to pass on to the next generation, um, whether it be money, whether it be their home, whether it be land or a field or something that they could pass down to their ancestors. So it wasn't uncommon in situations like this uh, for a family to lose their land, lose their home, lose their field, and sometimes lose their children to pay for the unpaid debt. Now, we don't know why uh, her husband was in debt. Uh, it says in 2 Kings 4.1 that her husband was a godly man. He hung out with Elijah. He hung out with the prophets of the community. But still he had debt. Now, who knows why? Perhaps back in those days, because he was a, a believer in the faith, he may have been persecuted and he may have been impoverished because of that. Or it could be simply he's a human being just like us and at some times he might have made an unwise decision and left him in debt. So here we have the situation. Creditors have come. They're going to take her two sons away now. She's lost her husband. Now they're going to take away her two sons to be slaves to pay back the labour what debt was owing. Actually, no church, there was nothing she could do because this was the legal right for such a crime. Now, her, all of a sudden, her children are classed as an asset. You can imagine losing our children. Um, sometimes we don't want our children around all the time, but. Can you imagine thinking that you're going to lose your children till you have been able to pay off your debt? What a sad and desperate situation. But hey, let's remember something here. God has our life in control. God has our life in control. And if there's one positive life-changing decision this widow's husband did make, it was that he was a believer in the faith. He, he believed, he feared God, it says. He had a respect, he honoured God. And he hung out with the prophetic community and he hung out with Elisha, the prophet. Now, this widow knew about Elisha. So I can imagine she's lost her husband, she's going to lose her land, she's going to lose everything she owns, and now her two kids are going to be taken away. This woman was a woman of strength. She was a woman of inner strength. She believed in God. And she knew that Elijah the prophet was close to God. So she ran to him. She ran to him with expectant heart. Now, if I learn one thing in this crisis, it's one thing to have faith. But it's another thing to pray and have an expectant heart to receive. And the widow, of, of, uh, the widow in the story, she came with an expectant heart. Job in uh, 12 verse 4, he came with an expectant heart. He said that my friends laugh at me for I call on God and I expect an answer. Psalm 513 uh, talks about having an expectant heart. It says when you pray, O Lord, 
hear me as I pray, pay attention to my groaning, listen to my cry for help, for I pray to no one but you. Listen to my voice in the morning, Lord. Each morning I bring my request and wait expectantly. Wow. Remember the mother, she came to Elisha. She was crying out for help. He was a godly influence on her husband, and now he was going to provide a miracle through God for his son. No, it's a little bit like in this story when I think about now, here's the woman. She's running to Elisha because she knows that God will work a favour through Elisha. Now, who we hang, hang out with in life is really important. Her husband hung out with a godly man. And you know, our potential in a desperate situation like this is often affected and influenced by those that we hang out with, by those that we mix with and who we allow into our lives. When I went through some of my most difficult times in life, I had the most, I would say the most greatest people. They weren't pastors. They weren't prophets. They weren't leaders. They were just godly men and women who had a positive influence on my life. And it was the same with this situation. You know, if she had run to a negative person, they would have put the problem between her and God, between her and her faith. But she went to Elisha. I went to my friends in my darkest of days, and um, they were encouragers. They were people of faith. They were ones who believed in me and believed in God, and they would put God between the problem and us. Does that make sense? Elisha responds to the widow. He turns around and he just says such a simple sentence, what can I do to help you? Immediately, the favour of God for this widow and for her family came upon Elisha and he put God right there. He put God right there and separated the problem from her. And he said to her, tell me, what do you have in the house? He didn't look at the problem. He didn't ask her what she didn't have. He didn't ask her about her grieving. He didn't ask her about anything else. He said to her, what can I do to help you? Tell me what do you have in the house? God was about to perform a miracle. Verse, chapter 4, verse 2. When Elijah asked her, and we can have the next slide, James. When Elijah asked her, what can I do to help you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? She said initially, I have nothing at all. I have nothing at all. And then she said, I have nothing at all except a flask of olive oil. The woman began to take her focus off the problem, off what she did not have to what she had. And our God loves to take our nothing except and make it something that will just totally blow us away. We can't imagine how God works, but he was going to take this woman of strength, this woman of persistency, 
this woman of great courage and he was about to do something that would take her breath away. Doesn't that sound like our God? Doesn't that sound like our God when there's a crisis, when there's a lockdown, when there's grieving happening? God's going to do something that will take our breath away, but we have to do something as well. See, in that sentence when she says, I have nothing except, nothing except, that word except nullifies, it cancels out the nothing. Let me say that again because this is just really key here. The slide can go, I think it's gone off, James, has not you know, she says to him, I have nothing except this flask of olive oil. When we say to God, God, I have nothing except that word nothing is cancelled out. That word nothing is nullified. And in one, you know, it was exactly the same with David and Goliath in Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 17. David had nothing except a sling and a stone and the favour of God. You know, the Philistines, for 40 days, 40 nights, they taunted the Israelite army. They shouted out words. You know, none of their words, none of the swords, spears or anything were any match for his, David's expectation and what David had, favour from God, compassion from God. He had what? One sling and a stone. You know, when Jesus was feeding the 5,000 in John 6, 1 to 13, the, the young boy had nothing except five loaves of bread, two fish. That was equivalent to the lunch, some bread rolls and a some fish for a young boy. But it was what he had in his hand. It was going to feed 5,000. I get so excited. 5,000 men plus the wives, plus the children, plus those that were looking. Of course, in the church uh, hall now, James, I think I'd be jumping off the stage. I'm quite excited about this. But they had nothing except, uh, you know, she had nothing except a uh, uh, jar of olive oil. David had nothing except a sling and a stone. You know, the boy had nothing except fish and bread. Samson in Judges chapter 15 had nothing but the jawbone, and I need to say this properly, of an ass. Because <laughs> if I word it differently, it might come out differently. Hmm. But he had nothing except the jawbone of an ass to fight off a thousand people. Now, I did a bit of research on this. No, Hampton, he could kill lions. Why wasn't there a skull of a lion next to him? Why wasn't there a jawbone of a lion next to him? Instead, one of an ass. And research tells me that the jaw of a lion is very strong and takes something really severe to break it. But the jawbone of an ass is brittle and it can just fall apart. Yet with the favour of God, with God on our side, you know, the miraculous provision that God does through people that stand in the difficult times, that have that inner strength. He picked up this ridiculous ass, jaw of an ass, and he slayed a thousand people. Wow. I think that's quite incredible. So coming back to our story, 
Here's the word I. He's run to Elijah. He says to her, what do you have? Verses 3 to 5, come back to 2 Kings chapter 4, 3 to 5. Elisha says, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbours. Then go into the house with your sons, shut the door behind you, and begin to pour the olive oil from your flask into the jars, each one a side when it is filled. He was preparing her now to step out and expect to receive miraculous provision from God. So she did what she was told. She took her jar of olive oil and she began to pour. She did what was she told. Her sons bought her many jars to her. She filled one after another after another. And soon every jar was filled. I believe Josh was saying to Josh, Elijah was saying to her that day, you do your bit through faith and through obedience and God will do his part. He said to make sure the jars are empty. You know, through lockdown, I'm sure many of us have been emptied of ourselves, um, emptied of all sorts of things to give God more room. And he said to her, bring me another jar and the sun jet she said to her sons, there aren't any more jars, he told her. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. Incredible. As long as there were empty vessels, the oil kept flowing. God can't pour into something if the container is already full. You see, he never knew when she ran to Elisha what was going to happen. But basically God was saying to her, don't look at what you don't have, but look at what you have. Take that bird of oil and you begin to pour. And as you have been emptied of yourself and as you, everything looks like it's been stripped away, I'm going to fill you till overflowing. Now this woman never knew what lay ahead of her on the other side. And so bringing it to us today, my friends, I, I want to say, what is our, what is your nothing except? If you remember anything from what I'm sharing today, just remember every time you say I have nothing except, the except nullifies, cancels out your nothing, and you have something great in your hand. What has God placed in our hands today? What before we even go on level two, before we're even in level one and out of lockdown, what has God placed in our hands that perhaps for months, for years, we have sat back and said we don't have enough? We need to begin to pour out the little that we have, step out in obedience, and let's see what God will do. So what have we got in our hands? Perhaps you have a word of encouragement. Perhaps you have the ability to love others when they're going through a deep time. Perhaps you're a young person. You have the talent and ability to design apps right now that will help people get through lockdown, that will help people with technology, that will help people get through. Perhaps you have abilities and strengths to honour your community. Perhaps what you have in your hand is the generosity of finances and resources that you can help build the church and reach our nation and nations. 
so many things that we think, I haven't got much. But God says, what do you have? What do you have? Because he's going to fill it and we begin to pour it. If we begin to use it, he's going to fill it to overflowing. So in the end of that Bible reading in verse 7 to 8, is when she told the man of God, when she told Elijah what had happened, he said to her, now he says that all the jars have been filled. He says, now step out with what you've been given. Church, step out with what we've been given. He said to her, sell the olive oil, pay all your debts, so your sons won't need to go away and be slaves. And he says, and there will be enough money left over to support you and your sons. Isn't that incredible? And I can imagine this lady with the olive oil, she would have gone out, she would have sold the olive oil, she would have paid all her debt, and so her and sons could live. And I guarantee she would have taken the leftovers and given them and helped her community, her family around her. An incredible, incredible story. It is of the Old Testament, but it is so relevant for us today. And God's favour is on us, friends. God's favour is. We forget that. Why did Elijah reach out and help, help the widow? Because the favour of God was on her. Her husband followed God, and she obviously was influenced by this in this situation. And I want to say God's favour is upon his house. His favour is upon his people. And if we are just prepared to take the little that we have in our hands, begin to pour it, take our nothing except and turn it into something great, I believe the day is here to begin to pour. To begin to pour. Let's just close our eyes, shall we, for a, a few moments. I just want to pray for us. Father, we just thank you today for this word. Oh, Father, we just take you, thank you, Lord, that the word of God written is endless. And that today in these days that can seem so dark but there's a light growing that, Lord, you can you can turn these things into something enormous, Lord. And I just pray that your Holy Spirit right now to everyone who is listening, Father, to everyone who is thinking, how will I get through this situation? Or to everyone who thinks, I've got enough, but I don't know what to do with it. Father, guide us. Show us, Lord. Help us to step out, Father. Help us as faith point to step out into our community and step out into our nation with whatever you have placed in our hands, whether it be finances, whether it be resources, whether it be spiritual strengths and gifts. We give it to you, Lord, in your name. Thank you, Jesus.